0: Let's start this show by hearing from some of Canada Pinball Podcast's most avid listeners and let's hear their feedback on the show. So Gorilla Biscuits had this to say, it's definitely possible to love something and still be a narcissistic sociopath. I love pinball too, but seriously, F this guy. Dave H chimed in with, I've never been mad at him, but he is a bit of a jerk. He violated pin side rules many times, and the mod staff gave him many chances to stop breaking the rules, but he was unable to. Then Cube Snake had this to say, people like him tend to have severe social personal issues. Meds don't help. He has one thing going for him in his mania, and that is his stick to it He applies that to his podcasts. I have no problem with him or his cast. But I cannot unsee the underlying issues this man has. 27D Nass said, but mainly it's evident that he doesn't really like pinball for the game. In fact, he routinely ignores the fact that pinball is, at its core, a game that revolves around scoring. And finally, our biggest fan, Pinball Gizzard, says add that to the fact that he is clearly a self-absorbed narcissist who has to drop comments about the cool cars he owns or how he goes to exclusive New York parties and I'm just not interested. Lastly, he has a serious problem with correctly pronouncing English words, which is a pretty big issue for a podcaster. Well, gentlemen, thank you For listening to every single episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and I dedicate this intro song to all of you out there. What can I say? Except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod. You say frustrating. I say frustrating. You say console, I say Council, Let's call the whole thing off, people. Welcome to episode like 356 of Kaneda's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host Canada. What is the big deal about this Canada guy? And can we go dig up information to once again try and have the same conversation we keep having over and over and over again? Look, this is the deal. This is the deal that nobody wants to admit. When I was banned from Pinside, when Robin was like, no more, we will banish you from this forum, this is actually what happened. I'm going to use a little quote from a famous pop culture scene and tell me this is not what happened three years ago when I was struck down by Robin.
1: If you strike me down, I shall
0: become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> You come back. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, I kid a little bit, but I did find it funny that people are accusing me of not liking pinball because I don't understand the fundamentals that the game is about scoring. I get that the game is about scoring, but that's like saying the point of a car is about going from A to B. All right, after that fact, don't you want to have a lot more of a visceral experience with the automobile? Some people do, some people don't, all right? The other thing is this, and the reason why I want to do this sort of quick podcast this morning is I want to just clarify that I'm an, I'm an individual that may change his mind, and guess what? It's called being a human being, and your opinions might change on something. Just because I say something on this show one week Doesn't mean like two months from now, I'm not going to change my opinion about a game. Now, see, here's the thing. I'm not a politician, people. I'm not here to win your vote and promise you that I'm going to change the nation and here are the things I'm going to do when I take office and then I flip-flop on those things when I take office. This is a pinball podcast. Some of you need to stop getting so upset about that fact. It's a pinball podcast. Absolutely nothing is at stake. Absolutely no money is going my way. I have no power to make decisions with these manufacturers. Every single thing that happens in this industry – is out of my control okay i'm not gonna i can't get someone fired i can't get someone like in trouble at the end of the day right i love saying at the end of the day because i know it pisses some of you off but ultimately all of these companies are in control of their own destinies it's not me all right i didn't put the artwork on oktoberfest i didn't make the pirates of the caribbean code so confusing i didn't decide to make willy wonka code Uh, You know, not mode base. I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't use Photoshop, drag and drop artwork in Alien. I didn't make, you know, Barry and Yop take your money and then not give you a product. All I do is I comment on what I see happening in the hobby. Now, my opinion changing. I love the fact that people think you can't have an opinion that would change. And especially in this hobby. Because we all know in pinball, here's the thing that changes over time. The actual game itself. Because there is no other hobby in which the product that you are being asked to buy goes through so many different evolution stages, right? Evolutionary stages. So remember Batman 66 when we first saw it? It was probably one of the worst coded games ever revealed to the public. And now it's one of the best games Stern has ever made. And I went from being down on Batman saying how stupid you would be to buy one To owning one, because guess what happened in that two-year period? You know the game became great. So am I not allowed to change my opinion about Batman? I I need to. I need to maintain my pinball podcasting credibility at all costs, and that means that I can't change my mind. Get out of here with that kind of ridiculousness. That's so silly. Okay. And Willy Wonka now is now this like dark cloud that hangs over me because I shot the game. I love the game. I think it's one of the most beautiful shooting pinball machines ever. And you know what? It's not just me who says that. Listen to every single podcaster, every single streamer who played Willy Wonka that first week before the rest of you. Listen to all of our feedback. It's very similar. And that is because the game is probably one of Pat Lawler's greatest shooting games ever. The geometry in that game is phenomenal. It's better than any Stern I've played ever in terms of geometry. It's better than any Jersey Jack game I've played in terms of geometry. So I fell in love with the way the game shot, and I got really excited. Okay? Okay. But is that all that makes a pinball machine? Great. Did I have enough time on it to know that the code was going to be what you wanted in the game and what I want in the game? No, of course not. So then, here's, here's the funny part. Am I then not allowed to tell you that I'm starting to have some second thoughts on where this game is going. So should I not do that? See, Jack brought me into Jersey Jack Pinball. Jack is a really nice guy. Jack is a really uh, class act. He is, and, and Jack is, runs like a family organization. And so when I go over there and I play the machine and he gives me early access and I come back and I gush about how excited I was, I, I'm totally fine with that. Now. If I start to see the game develop in a way that I don't think is the way Willy Wonka should have been coded and developed, what do you think I should do? See, most people wouldn't come out and just tell you exactly my concerns because they would worry about a couple things. They would worry about being seen as a hypocrite and losing credibility on the show. Here's the thing. I don't care about that. This show's never been about that. If I feel a certain way about something or my mind changes, I'm going to tell you that and I'm going to share that with you immediately. I'm not going to hold back. But here's the biggest thing that people always worry about. They worry about if they say how they really feel, whether it's about a game, whether it's about a code in the game, whether it's about the artwork on a game, whether it's about the manufacturer's like marketing strategy. So many people out there are worried about one thing. They're worried about falling out with uh, those manufacturers and those individuals behind the game. right? They still want to maintain a relationship, so they can't really tell you how they really feel. So what they do do, and you hear this all the time on other shows, they, they kind of waffle back and forth and you don't really know what they're saying and they're kind of like, it's like they're struggling to push out what they really feel and you never really get what they really feel. Where on this show, I'm just going to tell you straight up, if Willy Wonka is not a mode based game, I think that's a, a terrible mistake to code it that way. And if I don't see the movie clips with the audio, I think that's a big mistake. And guess what? I think a lot of you feel the same way. Now, see, the, the thing is people don't want to say that because then they don't want to fall out of favor with Jersey Jack and, and Joe Katz and Pat Lawler because they need to get Joe Katz and Pat Lawler and Jersey Jack on their shows. And so, as I've always said on this show, I don't really care if, 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 if giving you what I feel is my opinion, if delivering you what I feel is the truth of what I see in this situation, all right, there's no ultimate truth in pinball, I am not going to sacrifice my ability to be me because I want to maintain those relationships to get those people on my show because then I don't even think this show is worth listening to if I just have people come on and give you the talking points on their game. And so this is why this show is this show. And, and look, nobody, nobody makes you listen to Canadian Pinball Podcast. Nobody, nobody. And yet so many of you out there who claim to listen to every show and I listen to everyone and you're such a jerk. Well, why do you listen? Why do you spend an hour or half hour of your day listening to something you can't stand unless there's some element that is at least entertaining or insightful or provocative or thought provoking that you get out of the show. And the thing about all the people out there who are very vocal about, you know, my medical condition that can't be cured with meds, ask those gentlemen to do a show, to pick up a mic, to say something and maybe they don't have it, maybe they don't have it in them, but whatever. Whatever. So this show continues to do what we do, and I think you saw in the last episode with G. Uh, uh, can't even talk. How can you do a podcast when you can't talk? And you see, I don't edit that out. Like, I just leave it in there. So what? I enunciate some words poorly. So what? I'm human. Oh, you guys out there, you, you just have a mastery of the English language, and I just, how can he do a podcast without his ability to enunciate? Anyway, I don't edit stuff out. You get to hear my mistakes. You get to hear it because you know what? That's who I am. I'm a flawed human being. And, and those of you out there who are not, congratulations. You figured it out. All right, so when we interviewed Jerry at P3, what did you think of that interview? Well, f- luckily for me, some of you chimed in and told me what you thought of that interview. And I want to actually air. Somebody, someone gave me an audio clip, which I always love. Brian Albert, thank you for sending this in. I haven't even heard it yet. I'm going to play it right now. Listen as you hear it and then give my feedback on it. Let's play it right now.
1: Hey Chris, just heard your latest episode about the P3 multimorphic uh, uh, gaming platform, and I had some interesting thoughts about it, and I thought I might share them with you. The first thing is, is I think that. P3 Multimorphic is actually a machine that can give people exactly what they're not allowed to have or what they can't attain. In other words, obviously Harry Potter will never be made into a pinball, and if it ever is, it's going to be a mint to buy. Why can't he... uh, have outside designers just like the virtual pinball cabinets where you can download outside designers games and put them into your virtual pinball cabinet like the memes Uh, i know a lot of like arcade uh, game memes that you can just get for free online Uh, why not do that that way the p3 multimorphic can actually give people what they're never allowed to have or can't have and you get the best of both worlds you get to have an actual real pinball machine uh, and you get to have the virtual pinball machine uh, in your machine as as basically take the virtual elements of that or take the, the physical elements of the pinball machine and make them onto the multimorphic uh, platform. So then that way you could have the best of both worlds. You could have basically a machine. Now, the legalities of that may be problematic, but uh, I don't think that if he sells a P3 format and then they download whatever content they do onto it, I don't think there's anything that they can do about it. Uh, especially since it's a home use only and not, nobody's paying, uh, to use it. It's not out on location where they're putting money into it. So, uh, that was the first thought I had. The second thing I also had kind of ties into this whole entire thing would be the, uh, virtual pinball, uh, just as like Zen pinball. Why don't they make, uh, you know, why don't he go approach them and ask them to make some uh, games for his uh, P3 multimorphic platform? I think that might work for him, and uh, it would make a lot of people happy And it, because you're getting, again, different uh, – you, you would get a physical pinball game out of a virtual pinball uh, atmosphere. So I think those two could marry up very well. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
0: All right, Brian, you got it out. Okay, so Brian's two points were: uh, could the platform be developed for by people who could actually put IP like Harry Potter onto the platform, and almost like I think you were talking about like mame cabinets, right, in, in in our in video games where you know you don't have permission from the IP holder, but you make it, you make it free to download, and people can play Harry Potter. And the second point being. Uh, why doesn't Zen Pinball put themselves onto the P3 platform? Well, let me go in reverse order. So Zen Pinball, why would they bother? Like, why would they bother doing what why would they bother doing that? It makes absolutely no sense. Because they would have to like re engineer their game because it wouldn't make sense putting the Zen Pinball experience onto P3 because it, it because how do you have to then recode the entire Zen Pinball thing? Because in the Zen Pinball game, you see the flippers, you see the slingshots. It would, it would be really weird if those things were also on top of uh, the screen with physical flippers and slingshots and stuff like that. So I don't think there's... See, that's the thing is there's absolutely no incentive for anyone who's doing anything successful in pinball to say, you know what? Let's move our successful approach to pinball onto this platform, which hasn't even sold like 100 units. Like Zen Pinball, I bet they have hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people who play Zen pinball games. Uh, hence, the reason why they get some of the coolest properties, and so there's absolutely no incentive for them to do that. Uh, as far as Harry Potter and porting stuff over, they would absolutely get sued. They would get a cease and desist. Uh, there, it, pinball, there's no way that, that that would ever happen. The amount of effort it would go into doing it, because think about it too, Brian. It, the effort it would go into making a Harry Potter pinball machine experience on a P3 work is a lot of effort. And then someone has to do all that effort for no money and so then and then you're doing all that effort for no money and then what you're doing is also illegal (laughs) so then it can be shut down at any moment's notice and and if p3 was like the the you know the carrier of all these illegal ip games they 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 they're, they're running on fumes basically financially they could not afford a lawsuit from a major studio if 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 it was found out that they were allowing people to play pirated versions of their fr- of their franchise on a pinball platform okay so that's what brian said so brian again i hate to shoot down your dreams on that stuff but i think that's the reality all right i got an email from ben crane P3 interview, he says, Chris, I listened to your interview with Jerry at P3, and he seemed to respond to some of the points in my email. I do have a lot of respect for Jerry, his P-Rock board, and his passion for the hobby. I originally wrote the email because I felt Jerry was blind to the issues with the platform and seemed to lack any insight on why it appeals to very few buyers, and I hoped it would be kind of a wake-up call to make the game into something that would be more popular. A nicer way to make my point might have been to say that most of us don't care about innovation in pinball. We just want something that works and is fun. Jerry clearly loves the innovation aspect of it and really enjoys developing the game. I'm glad he is following his passion. But I don't know if it is possible to educate people why something should be fun. The idea of swappable games within a single cabinet isn't a new one. It came with Pinball 2000, Highway Did It, and Virtual Pinball machines do it. Pinball 2000 is probably the closest to the P3, uh, and it hasn't aged well because it is difficult to maintain, and there are no A-list games made for the platform. Jerry makes analogies to video game consoles, but for a few, um, b- sorry, but for a new one to catch on, it has to have at least one game that people really want to have. Jerry seems to understand this at some level, and I hope the next game is something that gets me and others want to buy into his platform. The other point that was never mentioned on the podcast is the platform isn't reliable or polished enough for most to want to invest in it at this point. I played one at a show within the past year, and it was having issues with rebooting during the game, which sucked any joy out of playing it. One that was streamed a while ago also suffered from rebooting during games and other technical problems. One is on route at Buffalo Billiards in Austin, Texas, a few miles from the P3 factory. I decided to give it a chance and went to play it a couple weeks ago, but it wasn't working. My experience with the platform has not been a positive one, and I've tried, and I'm willing to try it again, but there are a few opportunities. It uh, it has flippers. All right, so... The flippers are the most reliable in the industry. Why does the $750 replacement sold on his website say, keep a spare assembly on hand for quickly replacing worn and dirty assemblies on location or during parties? I really want to play the version of the game that Jerry is passionate about, but I feel there's a huge disconnect between the game many of us have experienced and what he describes. I genuinely hope he can fix the issues with the platform. Simply discounting the issues as problems with other people's perception probably won't be successful. All right. So I think, Ben, you hit the nail on the head right there. I think this whole thing comes down to me is it's like Jerry's waiting for people to see what he sees in his own platform. And the last five years of pinball have seen monumental growth in pinball, monumental growth. And he's basically, um, you know, he's looking at this like, well, even though all that growth is happening, a dark day is going to come, and when that dark day comes across pinball, then people will finally realize that P3 is the answer for them. And and I just I I, I can't shake this feeling that he's not gonna he's not gonna find the answer he's looking for with that strategy, uh, because people are telling us what they want. You know, ultimately. The consumers and the marketplace determines what they deem to be uh, the the product they're looking for, and they're not looking for swappable pinball platforms, and we've seen it so many times, and what they're looking for is just an amazing game. Yeah, yeah, Jerry, if you make an amazing game that people really want to own, you have to start there, and then, yeah, if you can swap in another amazing game into the platform, okay, I'll start to consider it. But for that to happen, what that would require is two amazing games, right? I need to feel like I can have two amazing games on this platform because then it starts to make somewhat, just somewhat of financial uh, financial like sense. Think about it. Because if I buy a Stern Pro and it's great and it's 5500 bucks and I'm having a ton of fun, all right, I, P3 is $10,000. So by the time I buy one P3, I can buy two Stern Pros. By the time I buy P3 and two games additionally at $2,500 a pop, I'm at $15,000 all in on this. And the part that Jerry doesn't realize, I think, with this platform is this, is people are not going to trade games like they trade video games. It's it's just not that practical to, to tell. So then what is a used – what is a used like – cosmic kart racing game what is that worth like who who you have to then find someone who has another p3 platform who then wants a used version of cosmic kart racing you then have to box it up somehow you then have to get it to them you you then have to like figure out how much you're going to charge for it it just seems like such a hassle doesn't it i mean it just this is not simple and the thing about video games, Jerry, you know, we've stopped trading video games. Like people, this, now it's all downloadable games. Nobody's trading CDs anymore. So the market has moved on from all of that. Ultimately, if you really wanted to make it a platform that was similar to video games, it would be one machine and you would just download new games to it. But then then you're just back at where we are with virtual pinball, right? You can't do that with the physical mechanisms uh, sitting over the game. I mean, you could do it. But then every game would be the same every time from a shot geometry standpoint. And how boring would that get? So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, trying to see. I'm trying to see if there's a way out of this. But I kind of think it's going to be a really big uphill battle. All right. I got an email from BB. Um, I listened to your Jerry podcast. And I had to send this because I like the guy. And he's incredibly smart. But he's just missing the obvious answer to why P3 isn't working. It's not Fun, period. I ended up playing Cosmic Racing recently, and before that, the Lucy game. And I agree with him that it's incredibly innovative. It works like a pinball game, and it operates like a pinball game, but the problem is the game isn't fun. I don't care if they got the hottest IP in the world and it has the best story with Great World Under Glass. It's just not a fun platform. My advice, he needs to make the playfield more packed with real tangible mechanical toys and make the balance much more mechanical than just video production which it seems to be favoring now. The animations and graphics also need to be greatly improved as right now it screams cell phone quality. You mentioned Halo in your podcast. And that's a good point, but it's not the IP, it's the fact Halo is a great video game that is fun. My concern with P3 is that the PF the playfield appears so barren based on the video game play field that is just boring. It doesn't feel good either, which is a killer. I really like Jerry. I want to see him succeed, but it's not something that can be resolved with an IP and a cohesive story. All right, and that was from BB. Uh, Thank you, BB, uh, BB, BB-8? Is it BB-8 from Star Wars who sent this? Look, I mean, fun is a subjective thing. Uh, I've, I've played P3 and I've had fun on it. I'm not going to lie. I've had fun. I, I like some of the player versus player games that Jerry has. Uh, it's not fun for me. It's not the fun issue that's the problem. I mean, I think for most of us, flipping different pinball machines and experiencing different pinball innovations is always fun on a level. Uh, but I do agree that, you know, it, it definitely is polarizing. And so then you have a platform in which some people might walk up to it and just the platform itself, the way the ball is rolling over the screen itself, you know, those elevated flippers and all that stuff just might be a turnoff to some. And, and that's my whole point has always been, why take the risk? Why take the risk when you know you have 30, 40 years of market research that tells you that people like it this way and then you wanna go do something completely different, you just run the risk of alienating people. All right, I got an email where the subject head is location code. Hey, Chris, I listened to your podcast about location code. I've got a couple of games at home, and I think you're missing the mark a bit. Willy Wonka is a really good diversification strategy for JJP. They have two super long playing games. They needed something that played shorter and not as deep. When you've got Hobbit and Waz as two of your four games, shorter is important. I'm a big fan of shorter games in general. I love being able to go down to my basement and bang out five games in 15 minutes before leaving for work, or in between things with the kids. It also makes uh, my kiddos more likely to play with me. If they're down there and I've got a game that they're waiting for um, their turn, they lose interest. Greg. Right, Greg, well first of all, thank you for, for listening and for writing in. Uh, it's interesting that you say that, you know, Jersey Jack does need a shorter ball time game in their lineup. Now, I do think you can get both, though. I think you can get a game that's not super long in terms of ball times, but also still still code in the game all of the iconic scenes from the movie that we want, right? And I think, I look at Batman 66 as a good example. It's not an incredibly long ball time game, but it can be if you have a great game. But most of the games I have on Batman are very short. But that being said, it is not without everything I want to see in the code see that's my issue with Willy Wonka it's like right now I'm I, it's it's not that I, I I'm not praising them for making a shorter ball time game it's that they're leaving stuff out and I think for people that are good at pinball let's say you have a five ten minute game of Wonka you do want to see know that there's just stuff in that game that makes you want to go deep into the game um, and you know and that's just we'll see how it plays out I also think and, and I'm just going to say this I'm just going to say this, at the prices that Jersey Jack is charging, I don't see them as ever making like a TNA or a Black Knight kind of game. I don't think they can just make a fast, brutal, like quick game that is like meant just for speed and brutality. That's not Jersey Jack's style. Uh, Jersey Jack to me feels more about like full featured games that are deep, that have a lot of mechanical stuff on them and are truly heavily immersive experiences. And it's, I'm okay with that because uh, you know, I don't think anyone out there only buys Jersey Jack games and is looking for that simple Jersey Jack game. I think if we've heard anything from people with Wonka, it's they're disappointed in what's not in the game, not excited that it's going to be a faster JJP experience. So that's just my take on it. Um, we'll see how things pan out. We've got some months to go, people. That's the other part. Is it's all, Let's all just remind ourselves that these things are not going to be resolved anytime soon. I mean, when is Wonka Code going to be done? It, I don't think it's going to be done until like July, August at the earliest. All right. Is there any news we've been missing on the show? So there's not that much news. It's kind of getting bleak in the world of pinball news lately. But I did see that on This Week in Pinball, uh, Pinball Circus is announcing that Kingpin is still in pre-production. They are waiting for parts to come in. Uh, I I think if they can get this game out, hopefully sometime by the end of the year, that's what they're aiming for, to have multiple versions of the game at Expo this year in October. Uh, So that is still happening, and then they're going to use, hopefully, the money uh, to finish Python Angelo's Circus Maximus game. Is that the name of it? I think it is. All right, so we'll see. This game's sort of been around for a while. I really think American Pinball just needs to pick up this title and make it they would be able to sell a few hundred, if not a thousand or so kingpins. The game is really neat. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing part of pinball history. Uh, and it's a game that I think they should remake, but I also think they should redo the artwork on it. They actually let us know that the original cabinet artwork was supposed to be different, and the I guess the actor in the artwork did not want to be on the pinball cabinet or something like that. But I would, man, I would go get like a Franchi or a Yeti and get them to do an amazing, like Dick Tracy looking art package on Kingpin. I mean, it just begs to be Dick Tracy. I would retheme it, Dick Tracy, if I were them. All right, what else is going on? So, congratulations to Keith Elwin for winning. The New York City Pinball Championship this past weekend. Uh, I did not appear. It seemed like everything went off without a hitch. Uh, it's great seeing those those guys at the top of the leaderboard. It's always the same kind of guys, but uh, you know what? Um, it sounds like it was a, it was a good run. And Keith, congratulations! I want to say congrats to Ed Robertson for being on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Did you guys see that? He was singing the Big Bang uh, Big Bang Theory uh, theme song. I know the show is come, came to an end, I think it was last week. Uh, that was really cool seeing Ed up there. Just neat seeing a guy that we just see hanging out at pinball shows, a big pinhead, uh, up on national TV, uh, singing his song. I mean, to have a hit song on a hit TV show that is syndicated forever God, that's just the golden goose that keeps on laying the golden egg. But, Ed, awesome. Love seeing you up there, brother. Uh, What else? Nate Shivers of Coast to Coast Pinball has announced that he is on an indefinite hiatus. Sort of his he put up a show that was basically saying the show is kind of coming to an end. And he talks about how, you know, he had been doing the show for years and what led him to do the show. And you know me. I mean, I've always said this. I grew up in this hobby and Nate Shivers was the podcast that I listened to. Nate Shivers was the guy that I, I couldn't wait to, to get a new episode from him. And I would go to bed almost every week listening to a new episode of Coast to Coast Pinball. And back then there were hardly any pinball podcasts. So it was always a treat when Nate put up a new show. You know I've always said that Nate inspired me to do this show. And what's always inspired me about Nate's show is a few things. And, and, and the direction he he showed me was, you know, he, he just shows his passion for pinball. And I think, I hope you get that out of this show. He he was also a one-man show. Uh, it was always just Nate. I felt like I knew Nate. I felt like I was stepping into Nate's world. And I hope you guys feel like you're stepping into Chris and Canada's world. We are one person. But I hope you feel that way. Uh, and you, you get a little bit of a connection when it's just a one-on-one with the listener and and the podcaster. And, you know, I always loved the way Nate did his segments. I loved the way he covered the news. Uh, you know, there was a point at the end where Nate got really into pinball tournaments and competitive play, and that's cool. Uh, and and people who are into competitive play, they, they love the fact that he covered that more and more. Uh, you know me. I'm not a competitive pinball player. I do love pinball, but I just don't want to spend that much time uh, in the competitive circuit. And I think even Nate says it, when you go into that circuit and you get into that circle, the amount of time you begin to allocate to pinball, it does start to take over more and more of your life. And, and that's the other thing, you know, when I, when I see people say all these nasty things about me, all these incredibly cruel things about me on, on pin side, it, well, you know where I can't defend myself. Uh, and the one thing I, I, I do have issue with is when they challenge my, in, my love of the hobby. When they challenge the fact that they think I'm not passionate about pinball or even when they say I don't know anything about pinball. So I think it's safe to say that all of you, you and me, anyone who reads Pinside, anyone who goes to pinball shows, we all know more than 99% of people in the pinball world. Okay, and then challenging someone's passion on pinball is a weird thing to challenge. I don't think you do 356 podcasts about pinball Uh, because you're not passionate about it. all right. The other thing is this. This always makes me laugh, is when people are like, you got banned from Clove and banned from Pinside, and and that goes to show what kind of terrible human being you are. And I just want to say, for all you clowns out there that think being part of an internet forum is an indicator of what a swell person you are or your true colors in life, it's not. These forums exist for us to... Shoot the crap about the things we're into, whether it's cars, watches, pinball, cigars, you name it. And getting banned from certain forums, it's not uh, this—you know—it's not a telltale sign that you're going to become a serial killer one day. And and I'll tell you this: the forums I've been banned from. Look, I'm banned from the Dodge Demon forum. You know why I'm banned from the Dodge Demon forum? Because I don't think the Dodge Demon is the greatest car ever made. It's amazing. I love mine. But whenever you would question uh, the car itself, the moderators would ban people. You could only say positive things about the car or you couldn't say anything at all. Now, look, they are trying to prevent people like from the Chevy forums and the Ford forums from coming in and trolling the Dodge Demon forum. But to be banned from the demon form and you own a demon, it just goes to show that, look, there's just some moderators out there that they want to control the message. They want everything to be said the way they want it said. And, you know, look, I'm not banned on the Ford Shelby GT500 form, and I talk crap about that car all the time and brag about the demon because those guys are cool dudes. They realize we're all just grown men talking about something stupid like muscle cars, right? So, look, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. And then I'd love to when they're like, oh, but he created chill accounts and he came into Pinside within the dark of night and he misled us into thinking he was somebody else and we can't have that. And I just want everyone for a minute to stop and think for a moment. What harm would come if someone came onto Pinside under a different name and started posting? What 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 What, what crime is being committed against humanity when that occurs? And I love it. I love it when people act like, you have to be this avatar forever. And if you try to mislead us, and and again, go back and look at all of the things I've ever said there. And the main point that I think my fans always bring up is this. Is there's nothing I ever said on Pinside that Wise Snow and Auric and Iceman... And all, you know, Hootie, all the other guys, Odin, all the other, like, you know, we're we're like a little circle of like very, very active, like vocal members of the community. There was nothing I said that was any different than any of the stuff that all those other Hyper members uh, posted and said about games. And yes, there was a double standard. We had to get Chris off the site. He was just too much to take. And it's fine. As as I said, this is a much better medium for me, uh, you know, and I think you guys are benefiting from it. And we'll, we'll continue to do it this way, and you know, we'll continue to say how we feel about pinball companies and manufacturers, and, and we'll, we'll leave it at that, all right? So this has been episode 356 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I had a great interview with Neil. Now, Neil is the guy who created PinQuest. Uh, there's a, a story on This Week in Pinball about PinQuest, and it's a really interesting concept of trying to make location play a little bit different for people. Uh, and create miniature quests that people can do on machines on location. And uh, I'm going to air that interview hopefully in the next few days. I'm also going to be traveling maybe in the next few days. So if you don't hear from me, don't worry. None of the pin side haters who hates me took me out. Uh, I didn't run out of my medication and go AWOL. Uh, I am simply traveling for work so uh it's bubba's birthday today so make sure you wish bubba a happy birthday if you're not following bubba uh, he is the royal bubba on instagram and he loves all of you guys from the bottom of his heart and guess what so do i as much as you guys want to paint me out to be some bad guy i'm not we would all share a beer and chat pinball and have a great time Um, I thank all of you for listening to every episode. I know that some of you miss Coast to Coast. I know that some of you miss Ryan on Head to Head. I know some of you uh, love other pinball podcasts. It's great, it's great. I'm just glad that you also enjoy what we do here. So have a great week, everybody. Stay healthy. I haven't said this in a while, go work out. Spend more time in the gym than you do playing pinball and I guarantee you will enjoy pinball more and you will enjoy life more. I'll leave you with that note. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, come to think of it, I gotta go. Hey, hey it's hey. Your day hey. to say hey. you're welcome, because hey. I'm gonna need that boat. Hey. I'm sailing away, hey. away, hey. you're welcome, because now we can do everything but coke. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: and thank you